Hello, everyone, and welcome to our podcast, Let's Play It By Ear, featuring me, your host, Joanna, with co-host, Carrie. Say hello, Carrie. Hello. Excellent. <laughs> All right, so today we are talking about myths, musical myths, um, and we are busting them for you Ooh. guys. So telling you guys how wow. it really is. In fact, I, I would say that some of you guys know these myths too so if anything this is also for you guys to feel validated <laughs> all right so if not you'll find out something interesting <laughs> exactly so okay so we're gonna start first with some common myths that we come across so mm -hmm. carrie what are some common myths that you have heard of that we can bust today um Classical music is boring. Mm -hmm. It's only for the elite. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's old. I guess you can encapsulate that in one word. Yeah. Well, okay. Here's the weird part. Is that classical music is old. <laughs> that is true. You know, um, like, and uh, it is, you know, can be hundreds of years old. Um, if you count modern music, the modern era as part of classical music it's still like 50 years old. <laughs> um, I would say that um, I also have been kind of, I guess, brought up with that attitude as well, that classical mm -hmm. music is for the elite. Um, it makes you high class. Mm -hmm. um, and also it's really boring because I really did not have any friends at school, you know, when I was in high school, in middle school, etc., that uh, shared my love of classical music. Mm. I just never talked about it with anyone because I just kind of assumed that everyone thought it was boring. Actually, random question that I just thought of, sorry. Um, other than you in your graduating class, was there anyone else who went on to music school? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think some people who actually took IB music, IB is International Baccalaureate. It's one of those accelerated programs you can take in high school. And um, I think some of them did actually go into music. Uh, I just didn't take IB music. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so uh, everyone knew me as a visual artist because I took IB art. Um, but... You are a very good visual artist. Oh, thank you. Um, but yeah, uh, definitely people thought I was crazy going into music school because they really didn't even think that I was a musician. Like most people had no idea I even played the flute until I played at our graduation ceremony mm. in high school. Like a lot of people just had no idea I even played the flute until that day. And they're like, you play the flute? And I'm like... <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of going to go to school for this soon, you know? Like, and they're like, what? You know? <laughs> so, yeah. But I kind of kept it to myself, I think, actually, because of this myth that, um, like, in reality, what was happening was I was always going to, like, um, youth orchestra. Um, actually, mm -hmm. Vancouver Academy of Music. Yeah. Um, on Friday evenings, that was when uh, rehearsals were at that time. And... Um, I would so I would just leave school as soon as school ended and then my parents would pick me up and we'd drive to Vancouver Academy of Music um, every Friday 
And then every Saturday morning, my parents would drive me to North Vancouver to take private flute lessons. That was my high school. Yeah, that was my high school weekends. Like that was what I did. And no one knew I did it because I part of me was like, are they going to think I'm like super boring and like, you know, super elitist and whatever, you know, like I didn't. I didn't want to be viewed that way, so I just, like, didn't tell anyone. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it it makes sense from a a teenager perspective. So, like, what was... Did you ever believe that myth? And... Um... Yeah, yeah. Did you ever believe that myth? Partially, yes, because I think coming from a similar background as you, when my parents turned on classical music, they were like, oh, we're so cultured. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But I don't know if they ever said like, oh yeah, this is only for the elite. It's just like, this is... Mm -hmm. I just think they they thought it was like good music, I guess. Yep. My parents too. Very similar. Like, Um, um, they would take us to go see the orchestra live. Like, they did this from when we were kids. Yeah, my parents d- didn't know such things. Uh, <laughs> okay. Doesn't mean they wouldn't have. It's just right. they didn't really know about it. Mm. I think. Yeah. Accessibility uh, and, you know, yeah. like, you know, does it reach, you know, their circles, right? Yeah. You know. yeah. Well, I mean, we do have one good orchestra. <laughs> we do have good orchestras in Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. One, like, the one of the main ones, I guess, the Hong Kong Phil. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. A, it's, a, it's a very good one. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. And... My first classical music concerts were there with them. Oh, amazing. It was nice. Yeah. But yeah, my parents never went with us. It was more like they go now because of what I'm doing. Oh, I see. Um, Oh, that's so interesting. Mm. Well, like, when was the myth busted for you? I don't think I ever believed it was boring. I did. Mm -hmm. I did kind of agree that it's old simply because it has such a long history yeah yep, yep. um but i always thought it's i don't know i just think there's something special about it when i listen to music i can feel it within my soul if you want to say mm-hmm. um, it makes me feel a certain way that pop and rock music doesn't necessarily mm-hmm. i mean there i i don't it's not that I don't like pop or rock music. I do. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just two very different feelings. Yeah. Yeah, I would I would say... Like, I would almost say that listening to classical music is... Uh, has a lot, like, comparatively more layers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah that's the word. Right. So, like, it... It's not that, oh, the more complex it is, the better it is. It, it's not that. Not necessarily. It's, I think we just happen to vibe with mm-hmm. music that has that insane depth of layers, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you look at an orchestra score, it's, yeah. it's like, <laughs> you know, like a huge page that's like the size of like four letter size pages like together at once. And the print is still super tiny because there's yeah. still so, there's so many parts yeah. and it's only one line like for yeah. that one page like the insanity of the amount of layers is like it 
it makes it so that when at least when I listen to classical music, it's like I hear different things every time. Yep. So it makes listening to it very interesting for me. Now, I mm -hmm. totally understand if some people listen to it and they're like turned off by it because it's too many layers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like some people can totally get way too overwhelmed with that. It's like sensory overload, which like mm. I totally get too. So I think... I think I just happen to vibe with music that has that many layers and classical music lends itself to extreme layers. Yeah. I think if I were to give like a similar pop or rock example, like I prefer piece uh, songs that have where the vocal line has harmony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There yeah. are some bands that, that only have one main vocal. Right. Right. Lead. Mm -hmm. I don't know what they're called. Please correct me. I think it's know. lead. Yeah. Um, yeah. One one main vocal lead. Mm -hmm. um, and then the other is just like instruments. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, to me, yeah, they, they sound good too. But I would prefer if there were harmonies. And by extension, I like the, like you said, in classical music, you've got multiple layers. Mm -hmm. And I, I think like one of the words that's been used to describe it, it's, it's a transcendental feeling. Mm. that you feel it's hard to put into words yes specifically yes it is. but it's just that feeling that's kind of yeah bigger than you it, bigger than life it's the whole um it's the magic of music without words like it yeah. it very much kind of like takes you to another almost like plane of existence like that's how mm -hmm, it mm -hmm. feels and is it better is it elitist is it like you know is it only for the high class i don't think so i think that this is just a human experience that any human can experience if they want to yeah i i agree it's just like different art forms have different genres mm -hmm. within that art form and yeah different the different categories speak to different people yeah like there are artists who prefer realism but then there are artists who prefer like you know abstract amorphous color you know yeah. like <laughs> um but both are just as valuable mm -hmm. you know and i think so I think in music, it's very much a similar thing. And in visual art, you can vibe with a certain look that you like, right? Yeah. But that doesn't discredit the value of the other ones that you don't prefer, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Um, I guess for me, like, I totally did believe the whole, like, elitist thing that this is, like, better music and stuff like that. I think... I remember the point at which it was utterly dashed was when I found out that Lady Gaga is uh, classically trained. Oh. Yeah. So, when did you find that out? I think I found out while I was still in my bachelor's. Mm. Um, and because, you know, Lady Gaga's all her big songs, like I think at that point, like Bad Romance was like all the rage. Um, <laughs> and uh you know like so i was like i got kind of curious because i was like why is she because she's very artistic too she's she's very like she is a creative soul throughout right mm -hmm. 
And then I decided to look more into her because I, I was still kind of like not wanting to admit that I was into other music besides classical or classical sounding pieces. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I'm going to research and I'm going to like look into her and like see how all this stuff like, you know, like just be very like um, technical about it, you know, be very, you know, armchair theorist type about it, you know, scholarly about it. And yeah. so um, like I that was a pretense, though, because I think what I was really doing was I just really liked how she sounded. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found out that she's classically trained. Um, there, uh, it, I believe she ended up for some reason or another actually dropping out of music school, uh, okay. dropping out of opera training, but she actually is a classically trained singer. Mm. And it shows in how she sings. She has amazing support. Her sense of pitch is like right on. Yeah. Like when you hear her list, like hear her singing live, she's not like other people who are like auto-tuned or they're just miming to their own yeah. recording. Like she's mm-hmm. singing for real. Like this lady's mm-hmm. the real deal. And I started to look into like, you know, uh, people put out a lot of theories as to like, for example, why is she wearing the meat dress? Uh, you know, uh, things about like, you know, what different things mean in her music videos because her music videos are like completely off the wall, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, um, it's art. I realized it's art. I realized that she's living art. Like she yeah. is an artist through and through and I remember finally coming to that conclusion and being like, you know, maybe this whole thing about classical music being elitist, uh, you know, high class, um, maybe that's wrong. (laughs) That was, it was Lady Gaga. That was the moment that made me uh, kind of change my mind. Unexpected, but okay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, but that that was that's that was my moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are some other myths that you have heard that have been busted now? I mean, are we moving on to the ones that are more personal to us or more sure. generally speaking? Well, if personal to me. OK, this is more of a question that I get asked very often. Mm-hmm. But there is a myth behind it. So the question I get asked very often because I, you know, I play the flute on Twitch and sometimes on YouTube, people will just come in to the chat and be like, can you play (laughs) blah, blah, blah. And they'll just put like some random song. And the myth is that all musicians can play anything by ear now. Like whenever, like, like like as if we're a music jukebox. Pretty much. Yeah. Like that, that's the myth is that all musicians are jukeboxes, are like mm-hmm. human jukeboxes. Um, and uh, it, I, I hate it. If y'all didn't listen to our first episode of this Opus 3, okay? That was when I, 
I admitted that I cannot actually hear anything in my mind's ear. It's like I have aural dyslexia when it comes to music, like musical aural dyslexia. And for someone to come right in and be like, can you play this song? I'm like, I have this sort of amorphous idea of what that song is. Like, I've heard the song before. If you play it for me again, I'll be like, oh yeah, I've definitely heard that many times before, right? But I can't play it. I can't find the notes. Like, unless I've sung it myself. If, mm -hmm. I, if I sing it, then I, I remember from my vocal cords, like, how much I'm jumping, what are the intervals, et cetera, what are the pitches. But if I haven't actually sung it myself, I can't remember it. So, you know, that's frustrating is having to explain that you can't. And I think the worst part of it is feeling like I'm discrediting myself as a musician mm. by yeah. coming right out and saying no. <laughs> you know, you. Even though I can play like freaking E bear flute concerto, like I can't play this random pop song that you, you know, yeah, listed. Yeah, it doesn't mean you cannot. It's just that you need time. I need time, or I need sheet music. Like mm -hmm. I need sheet music, and um, like I need to actually play it. I need to like feel it. I need to like understand the vibe and feel the vibe like physically. Yep. You know, mm -hmm. like. If you give me resources in order to be able to do that, I can play anything actually. Yeah. You know, like, um, so in that sense, I do feel completely competent as a musician, but I just cannot do the solely by ear thing. Like I just, yeah. I just can't do it. I don't think that makes you any less of a musician because if someone t were to ask me to memorize something, I'd go, mm, <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can play when it's in front of me. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, I can pretty much guarantee I won't play it if it's not in front of me. <laughs> I can still hear the pitches, but I won't be able to play it well. <laughs> exactly. Oh, yeah. So yeah. there we go. That, that's my frustrating myth, um, or at least the myth that I am the most frustrated by. So mm. how about you? What's the myth that you're most frustrated by? <laughs> um, and I know people mean well when they ask this. Um, one of the questions that I hear the mo more often, I guess, is why do orchestras need conductors <laughs> or why do bands need conductors? Why, why, why is a conductor necessary? Um, I mean, before going to music school, I guess I could understand it. Like all mm -hmm. of the musicians on stage, they know what they're doing, right? right. Like you said, if right. you give us sheet music, mm -hmm. we can play anything pretty yep. much. Uh, we may need a little bit more time to practice this one or that one, but probably if we worked hard enough on it, mm -hmm. we will be able to play. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so why is the, the person with the wavy stick necessary? What do they do? So I think um, being a freelance musician, I've come to understand that, yes, we can all do our own part, mm -hmm. emphasis on own, mm -hmm. um, but we all have different musical ideas. Or at least there is enough variance between the ideas that mm -hmm. if we were left to our own devices, it would not be a coherent performance. It would be pretty much all over the place, especially if you were to do a piece in the Romantic era uh, that has a bit of rubato. Mm -hmm. Or it's like a cello rondo here, a uh, retardando there. Mm -hmm. um, 
everything would not land where it should. Right. Some people would be going faster while other people yeah. are going slower and then no one would line up. Exactly. And also there's a on different stages as well too. The acoustic feedback is different if you're in different spots on the stage as well too. Um so that wavy sticky person at the front is very important in bringing one the group together, unifying their ideas. Mm-hmm. And also just helping the musicians at the back, especially as a bassoonist, I sit way towards the back. Mm -hmm. They will tell you when to play. Yep. So yeah, that's why, that's why a conductor is necessary. Mm -hmm. Understandable if you, if you're not quite familiar with the ins and outs of an ensemble, but ultimately yes, we need one. Yeah. Like legitimately it's the acoustics, like just the it's literally physics it's the physics of Mm -hmm. sound and and like sound waves take time to travel yep so your um like depending on where you're sitting on the stage you'll actually hear things at different times Mm -hmm. so that's why you have to have a person waving the stick to show you where the beat actually is because you'll Mm -hmm. see the beat but you might not actually hear someone else play that beat until like a couple milliseconds later but like a few milliseconds of a difference in terms of landing together is noticeable Mm -hmm. to the audience and Mm -hmm. this is something i completely agree with you almost no one thinks about unless you are a musician i would say so yeah 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 yeah. i've i've played on stages where it's so dry it's like it's so it, it almost feels like you have like a little bit of cotton wool in your ear yeah in your ears and that was yeah. still during the the kind of like height of mm-hmm. covid as well too mm-hmm. i mean at the time of recording we are more or less more relaxed with the rules right now yeah um please continue to stay safe people <laughs> please please yes um <clears throat> but yeah we had curtains div- dividers like plexiglass uh, up yeah um the stage was dry and with the site, with our sight lines partially blocked oh, by dividers, I just couldn't really hear anything already. I was judging by that like white tip. Yeah, I was like, okay, play. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was that was the lifesaver. At a certain point, weirdly, when you're playing in an orchestra, you actually have to strategically ignore some things. Yeah, and but you have to be strategic about it because like let's say you're playing with the person right next to you. So mm-hmm. I usually play second flute or third flute, which means that normally I'm either playing with second flute or I'm playing with the clarinets behind me. So, mm-hmm. uh, cause that's kind of what third flute does. So um, I'm if I want to be together with these people that I know that my music is paired with, right, then I will listen to them because they're literally right next to me. So like if I follow them, right, like and I anticipate what they're doing so I land at the same time as them, that's going to come out fine. But I cannot rely on my ear if I'm trying to match the trumpets behind me. Mm. Like and that's what piccolo does often is we're often paired with with trumpet. You you can't you can't rely on the timing of the trumpets mm-hmm. you have to look at the conductor instead and just be okay with possibly being off a few milliseconds from from the trumpet 
But what you do have to pay attention to is the tuning. So yes. it's it's like it's very strategic ignoring of certain aspects mm -hmm. um but other aspects you have to pay attention to so like mm -hmm. this is the type of stuff that you would learn in orchestra in um playing in an orchestra um and uh most often though you'll probably learn this going to music school because this is the type mm -hmm. of thing that they talk about all the time um, yeah yeah these are things you just have to do to to kind of realize yeah and learn yeah so yeah <sighs> that that's my frustrating myth. What about a, a more lighthearted one? <laughs> a more lighthearted. So it kind of goes with what we were first talking about, which is the whole like, you know, classical music is very is is elegant. I would say like, mm. it's more that people think of it as a very elegant art form, not so mm -hmm. much like, you know, elitist, right? But like people do think of it as elitist. But like this particular myth is that people think that all classical music is very elegant and very pure and you know uh you know like yeah elegant and pure i would say like ballroomy yeah ballroomy dancing, dancing um for you know nothing crass about it and mm. just very like pure okay mm -hmm. um i'm just gonna say it okay I am a pastor's daughter, so I'm very familiar with how people, at least in the Chinese church view, or ch uh, in many Chinese churches, how they view classical music. They do view it as this sort of like elegant art form that's like oh. very pure and elegant and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, like, ah, oh, you know, you've become a, a classical musician. Oh, wow, you must be so like, you know, like angelic you know just like that type of purity and elegance you know is that kind of like oh. and oh you know with a halo around yeah. you and everything let me tell you i had the pleasure of busting this myth at a dinner party with mm, these people i i totally because they're like, oh, Joanna, you know, you're a flutist. Oh, so elegant and pure. And, you know, like, I'm so glad you're in classical music and not like, you know, a pop singer, you know, like, because they view Ooh. pop singers as like, you know, oh, that's such a like dirty uh, industry, too much sex, blah, 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 mm -hmm. you know, sex, drugs and alcohol, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, so you think because I'm in classical music that I would not encounter sex, drugs, and alcohol? <laughs> like, uh -huh. first off, um, people have been crass with music for a very long time, okay? There's like Renaissance chamber music that emulates uh, orgasms. Um, I believe it's the dying swan, right? Um, yep, you know this from history class because we learned this in music history, okay? Uh, Mozart wrote a piece, Pardon My Language, that is uh, Lick Me in the Behind, okay? And, uh, you know, like that's Mozart, okay? You know, and a then... genius. Yeah, and um, wasn't it a... Uh, Berlioz's um, 
What is that called? Symphony Fantastique. Symphony Fantastique. I believe is a guy tripping on acid, isn't it? I think it's he... a yeah, it's a drug-induced um yeah, hallucinogenic dream. Yeah. He's basically tripping on acid mm-hmm. like like the entire time, you know. Yeah. Um so like it's not <laughs> it's not it it ain't pure. It's not pure, okay? Like we have a long history of not being elegant, being very crass. Uh, we have a very long history of not being pure, like mm-hmm. sex, drugs, and alcohol, all the works, you know? And uh, yeah, I, I said all of this at this dinner party, and they just had nothing to say. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's, it's not explicit. Because no, it's words. it's not. You're right because well, besides Mozart's oh. thing and the you know, and also the uh, the dying swan was um, is a euphemism, so it wasn't mm-hmm. like completely out there, but like you know what was happening, you know, yeah. um, and uh, so like people back then would have gotten it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you know, it's meant to be one of those like, oh, <laughs> we're so like, we're so bad, you know, uh-huh. like um, it's supposed to be that type of like, you know, get together where you're just kind of drunk with your friends and you're yeah. just sort of singing the song. Um, it's salon music. It's salon music. Exactly. So like, um, I I love that. I, I think it's hilarious that people think that classical music is elegant and pure because it is oh. not not anywhere near those things (laughs) yeah i mean a little bit of research will show you that it's not quite yeah exactly um but anyway that's my hilarious Uh, one how about yours what is your favorite hilarious myth um mine is i think also just because of how I process music and how my brain works. Mm-hmm. Some people say, oh yeah, classical music is so relaxing. I use it to study or to fall asleep too. Yeah, if you play me classical music, I will do none of those things for you. Mm-mm. I cannot study with no. classical music on. I will not fall asleep no. with classical music on or any music on actually. No, because you start actually analyzing it. Yeah, let me just say, I will not study as well too with pop rock music either. <laughs> Because I will start singing. Yep. Um, yep. Yeah, so that that's my funny one. Yeah. Um, I mean, different people mm-hmm. process music in different ways. Mm-hmm. And like Johanna said, if you didn't work, if you didn't work, if you didn't watch our first episode of Opus 3, where I explained my mind will probably automatically try and harmonize with uh, what I hear. Mm-hmm. That is what will happen if you play music and ask me to work or sleep. You're just gonna end up just sitting there harmonizing to it. Yeah, I will flat out just sing. Yeah, because my my whole body just wants to engage with the music. I think that's the thing. Like it's a it's a it's a natural impulse. Yeah. Um you you can't in a way you can't really control it. You know. No. No, I have to even even start drumming with my fingers or tapping my foot or just like yeah. yeah, doing silly stuff like that. Absolutely. But, yeah. I find I also like if I want to get some real work done, mm-hmm. I also cannot have music on. Yeah, I need silence. Yeah, because I'm just going to end up sitting there like, uh, 
Mm. <laughs> you know, like just basking in it, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I've, I've sort of like explored why that is for a while. And mm-hmm. I do think part of it has to do with the fact that we know how the music works. Mm. Like we see more of the behind the scenes yeah that's true you know and so like you kind of know how it's put together um you know you can and because of that i at least feel that for me because again i'm very technical when it comes to like how i know things are put together right Mm. so because i have that way of processing music um because i know technically how things are put together it kind of ruins the magic for me Mm, okay so there are some uh genres of music that i will absolutely refuse to learn because i want to maintain that magic so i love listening to jazz as a result so jazz music like i don't get that like i immediately have to analyze what they're doing that feeling i don't get that Mm -hmm. feeling it's just like i can sit there and just relax okay listening to it um yeah i can't really relax to uh like true like old classical music mm-hmm. I, I baroque I, renaissance music no no because i will immediately start like analyzing it i'll start listening for all the little like polyphonic lines going over each other mm-hmm. and stuff like that you know like i'll be like oh you know like I'll, I'll just start like thinking about all this stuff um weirdly enough i can listen to like uh video game music because video game music is very like leitmotif style um mm-hmm. it's it's very in the way that it's composed it's very operatic um because uh the way that video games function is that normally you have a theme that's attached to a location um mm-hmm. or a theme that is and a theme that is attached to each character so it's it's leitmotifs yeah. And um, because they're light motifs, they, you know, you can latch onto it a lot faster without mm-hmm. overanalyzing it. Yeah. I find. So I personally find that listening to, um, you know, this kind of like, essentially they're like repetitive light motifs, mm-hmm. I can relax down a bit, but only because it is on a loop. Yeah right i i'm of a similar mindset i think yeah not so much video game music but with like bossa nova music i think it's called i i i just kind of well not really got into that but experienced that during um lockdown because we were working from home yeah yeah. and there were times i was like okay let's put something on in the background just to to have something to listen to yeah come across these like really good channels on youtube oh um they have really nice backgrounds too but it it, the rem- the the remote <laughs> the motives are quite repetitive yep that my mind just it's able to turn kind of turn it into background noise yeah more or less yeah 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 because like it, it's essentially it becomes very pleasant repetitive white noise yeah. like like in the best way possible we're not saying that it's bad okay <laughs> like but it's like I yeah I I think that's the only way that my brain can listen to you know, like basically more layered music mm. and turn itself off is that it has to loop 
Like it has to be very repetitive, but still be pleasant to listen to, which is, Mm -hmm. you know, a very hard combo to pull off. Um, So when it's done well, I really appreciate it. Yeah. (laughs) Right? Props to everyone who who does that. Yeah, because I I don't know how that is. I, I, I guess that's why both our brains busted that myth. I mean, I'm sure there are people out there who, well, there are definitely people out there who have no trouble um, studying, working, falling asleep to music. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My husband's an example of that. <laughs> he could just fall right asleep to it. Yeah. And I just look at him. How? Okay. <laughs> There's only... No, I turn off. <laughs> so there was one time, though, that I did nearly fall asleep to um music and it was when i was waiting to play because i was playing piccolo for this so i was waiting to play in the romeo and juliet (laughs) overture and i like it's it's because it was like a repetitive theme for a while and and i'm also repeating counting to myself Mm -hmm. so like it's that repetitive nature of one two three four two, two two three for and that kind i think i put myself to sleep because mm. i was sort of basically putting myself in a trance you know yeah. like by being doing this very even spacing of counting mm-hmm. um yeah i nearly fell asleep on stage <laughs> i like had a moment where i was like oh <laughs> like i just kind of like <laughs> and uh, uh uh john my husband saw me do that from where he was sitting so like afterwards he's like did you almost fall asleep and i'm like yeah yeah i did what are you talking about i'm so into the music but yeah it has to be like repetitive in nature so if it's like if it's repetitive or it's repetitive for a while like some of the slower movements of some pieces Mm -hmm. they do tend to have that repetitive nature to them Mm -hmm. and uh yeah i do find myself kind of relaxing down and falling asleep to those ones but then they'll always like kind of like have a like sforzando chord coming out of nowhere and you're "Ah! Ah!" you know i'm I'm back yeah 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 so it's uh wow i've fallen asleep kind of uh practicing but again that's a repetitive thing yeah right i mean it wasn't with anything i was playing harp oh and like i think i was just practicing a passage and then because i i know my eyes closed a bit but i was still playing could still hear and then (laughs) (laughs) it was late at night too ah yeah in my defense yeah you know that that would again the repetitive nature of the yeah exactly it has to be essentially because what you're doing when you're drilling is you're looping you're actually you're just looping over and over and Yeah. yeah Yeah, that can put you to sleep. Muscle memory. <laughs> yeah, you know. Oh, man. Ooh. Okay, well, what do you think? I think yeah, that's a good on that funny stuff. note. Yes, note. <laughs> <laughs> I think we can sign off on this episode. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you very much for joining us in this second episode of our third season. We just busted some common myths. Mm-hmm. And... Stay tuned because there will be a second part to this series where we are busting slightly less common myths and then sharing more uh, more myths from our personal lives as well, too. Mm-hmm. So if you want to keep in touch with us, we have our website. Mm-hmm. Let's play it by ear.com. Oh, sorry. There we go. 
lesplayedbyear.com. Mm-hmm. And we also have our social media channels. We've got Facebook, mm-hmm. Instagram, and Twitter. Mm-hmm. Facebook and Instagram, Let's Play It By Ear podcast. And Twitter, it is at let underscore ear. Mm-hmm. That is our handle. Mm-hmm. And you can hear our podcasts on anchor.fm. Mm-hmm. And if you want to get in touch with us too, if you have questions or you want to share your stories, we have our email address. Let's play it by ear dot podcast at gmail.com. That is let's play it by ear dot podcast at gmail.com. Please feel free to reach out to us and we will eventually get back to you because we want to hear your stories. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you once again for joining us and we hope to see you in the next episode. Yay! See you. See you everyone.